Uh, my name is Kim, and I am one of the pastors here at Living Waters, and I get the pleasure of teaching on the very first Sunday of this year. It is, I will tell you guys, this is my favorite Sunday of the year, and I ask for this Sunday. So it's not just that Ryan's on vacation, and so I get to have this, but I actually, um, I have been preaching this uh, Sunday for the last five or six or seven years, and it's just my favorite Sunday. And I think the reason why is just because I, I always just get this sense from the Lord of just like, we're entering into a new year, so there's new things coming. God's got something for us. And so to have the pleasure of just even hearing from him and then being able to share with you what he's put on my heart is such an honor. And I don't take it lightly. I have, I've been praying for this Sunday for a really long time. And I said in my newsletter, can you, you know, like it, I wrote in the, the beginning of the newsletter and I said, can you feel the anticipation and the excitement that's coming this year. And not to be cheesy, because I don't think that it's like, I mean, I think every, at the beginning of every year we might feel that, but there's something different going into 2022, and I can't explain it. I just know that God has something very significant for this year, and as we follow his lead this year, we're gonna see him show up in ways we never even thought imaginable. So I, I don't know, I have this hope, like that hope that uh, Nisha was talking about. I have this hope for this, that, that the Lord is, he's in this year. He's, he's got 2022 and he's ready to go with us and he's just asking for our yes. I know that a lot has been removed from our lives and a lot has been lost this past year and even the last two years, but we've also gained a lot. We went through a lot of heartache and pain, but we've also received a lot of new gifts and new ways of how to do life, how to approach life. And I believe that all that we have walked through in the last couple years has led us to this moment, to this year. I believe that God does not waste a thing. So what has, ever, what has been happening to you, what you have walked through in the last couple years, he did not, he is not gonna waste it. He knows exactly what's happened and he is going to use it all for his glory and to reveal his truth to you as you step into this new year. You know, for the past month or so, I've been praying like I usually do when I know I'm gonna preach and I've been praying about this, this morning and what is it do you have, God? What do you wanna teach us? And the funny thing about God is he loves to wake me up in the middle of the night to tell me. It's like, you know, there's other times of the day that we could talk. I, I, I don't have to get woken up at 2.30 in the morning, but you know, he does that and it's, I don't know, maybe it's just when I'm fully there, like, okay, I'm, I'm listening. But he, um, about, a mo- about three weeks ago, I was, it woke up about 2, 2.30 in the morning and, um, and I just heard him say, Joshua and Caleb. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I want you to read about Joshua and Caleb. And I'm like, okay, can I go back to bed? And so I did, and, um, and then uh, about a week, well maybe it was right before Christmas, um, I live with a family that has a little 10 month old that is right down the hall from me and his name is Joshua. And he woke up at 2.30 in the morning screaming and the Lord again said, Joshua and Caleb. And I'm like, yes, I know, Joshua is screaming right now. And he's like, no, I want you to read about Joshua and Caleb. And I was like, yes. And he's like, this is for this morning. 
And so I really believe that the story that we're gonna talk about this morning of Joshua and Caleb and them leading the Israelites in the promised land, I really believe it's specific for us as we step into this new year. And I, I, again, I've been praying about this and I've been studying this story and there's so much of it. You guys, it goes from Exodus all the way to Joshua. We're not gonna read every scripture today, just so that you know. I'm gonna skip around a little bit. So I would just say for you, go and read it. There are some amazing things in this passage of scripture that the Lord wants to speak to us about. And I, I won't even be able to cover most of it. But what I am gonna cover, I know he has said, this is for us, for this family today. So I'm gonna have you guys... Um, Turn to Joshua and just get ready for that. We're going to start in chapter one, but I'm going to start with a little backstory first. Um, you know, we know about the Israelites. We have learned about them since we were kids in Sunday school. So the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt for many years, and then they um, Moses was sent by God to go and set my people free. And so Moses goes into the land of Egypt. And after a lot of different things that happened with him and Pharaoh, um, all of a sudden, you know, the, the Israelites are walking out of Egypt. They are getting set free. They are on their way to what God has for them. And then we know the story that they get to the Red Sea and they're stuck in between the Red Sea and all of Pharaoh's guys. And they're like, what the heck? You brought us out here? What are we doing? And then God says to Moses, hey, go put your staff in the water, in the Red Sea, and as he does, the water parts. And a million people walk across on dry land. That's a crazy miracle. I've never seen that happen before, and so that's insane. Like, I can't even imagine what that would be like, right? So then Moses is starting to lead these people to the promises that God has for them. He has direction from the Lord. And what's happening then is the people start to grumble. They start to get mad and they're like, we're thirsty. Why did you bring us out here to this desert? We're thirsty, we're gonna die. We would rather be slaves in Egypt than be out here and die. And so God says to Moses, all right, go, like Nisha was talking about, go and hit the rock, that rock right there. And as he does, flowing water comes out where they can drink that. And then they're hungry, and so they're grumbling about that. We wish we were still slaves. You know, it's better than being out here in the desert and being hungry. And so God provides manna every single day for them. We know these stories, right? They've seen miracle after miracle after miracle, but they still are complaining. They are still a little dramatic. Right, they're still just like, oh, but it would have been better just to stay in slavery than to be out here. I don't understand that, but I, maybe I would have joined them. I really don't know. But in Numbers 13, Moses is still trying to get them to the promised land where God has called them to live. And he sends out 12 guys, and Joshua and Caleb are two of those 12 men. And in Numbers 13, 27, after they go and they, they explore this land that God has given them, it says this, they gave an account to Moses. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. And we even saw descendants of Anak there. 
See, Anak was a race of giants. And so that had to have been a little bit intimidating. And of course, you're gonna run back to the leader and be like, do you know who lives in that land? Like, those guys are huge. There's no way that we are gonna be able to take them on. Like, they're giants. So they get a little scared, right? And so their report to Moses is, yeah, the land is amazing. It looks awesome. Look at this fruit. We don't have fruit out here in the desert. This fruit is amazing. But there's no way we're gonna take over that land. No way, the giants are too big. I'm, I, don't, I don't think so. So they want to forfeit what God is giving them. It wasn't gonna be an easy takeover for the Israelites. The giants were in their way, but instead of believing what the Lord said to them, they just decided to bail. They didn't want it. Oftentimes, the Lord says things to us. He lays things out to us. But you know what? It may not always look as safe or as cleared out as we would like it to be in order to take a step of faith. But really, that is what it comes to is, do we trust the Lord, take him at his word, and have faith to step out when he's asking us to, even when we're facing giants? The Israelites, they had a word from the Lord. They were the ones that God busted out of slavery, right? They're the ones that they saw the the Red Sea part in front of them. They're the ones that saw water come out of a rock, which is totally impossible. They are the ones that saw miracle after miracle. But when things looked too hard and the giants got in front of them, they gave up all that God was providing for them. And in Numbers 14, 1, it says, that night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly and said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to, be, to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt And then they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back from Egypt to Egypt. Again, a little dramatic. I can imagine what they were feeling in that moment, but they have seen him do the impossible, so why would he not do it again? But somewhere along the line, they let that belief go. They were willing to go back into slavery instead of believing God and following him into the promised land. And all of the Israelites were grumbling and complaining except for Joshua and Caleb. See, they had a different perspective of what was going on. The other 10 guys that they were with in the checking out the promised land, their perspective was one thing. And then Joshua and Caleb, they saw something totally different. And I wonder why that is. I really believe that their hearts were connected to the Lord and they had heard the stories from their ancestors of what God had done. And so they were looking at it like, he's got this. Yeah, that looks hard. Those giants are huge. But have you seen the land that he has provided for us? See, in Numbers 14, it says, Joshua and Caleb, who were among those who explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land and the land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. 
Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. They were looking at this land with a heart that was connected to the Lord and that believed every word he said. They believed that he could do the impossible. They believed that even when things looked hard, he was there. He was able to do the impossible. So what does God do? He says to Moses, all right, these people that are grumbling, they're not going. They don't get to see my goodness. They don't get to see everything that I've laid out before them. So what we're gonna do is you're gonna stay here in the desert for 40 years. 40 years, that's a really long time. And the only people that are gonna be able to see this land are Caleb and Joshua and all the descendants of these that are grumbling. Forty years is a long time. Talk about missing the goodness of God. They didn't get to see everything that he had planned for them because they weren't willing to believe him. So then we pick up here in Joshua chapter 1, and God tells Joshua, I'm putting you in charge because at this point, everyone has died off, including Moses. Because Moses couldn't even go in to the promised land because he was listening to those that were grumbling. So everyone's died off and God says, all right, Joshua, it's you. You're in charge. I'm ready to take all of you and these descendants into the promised land. So God says this to Joshua in Joshua 1, 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to your ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. See, God didn't give up on the word that he gave the Israelites. He didn't just let it die with that generation that didn't want it. He said, okay, if you're not gonna take it, then once you're gone, I'm giving it to the next generation. The people that are gonna believe me, the people that are gonna take me at my word, the people that are gonna follow my lead, no matter what they face, knowing that I can do the impossible. The next generation had courage to face whatever it was before them. They had heard the testimonies Even those that had walked through the miracles weren't believing God. But this generation, they heard the testimonies of their parents and said, well, I, I believe him. I believe that he can do it. So now we're gonna jump to Joshua 3. And again, please go back and read this because it's so good. Even everything that's in Joshua 2 is so good. But I just need to keep moving on. So Joshua 3, verse 1. I think I skipped a page here. Yeah, anyways. So Joshua 3, verse 1, it says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out for Shittah and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. 
And then you will know which way to go since you have been this, never been this way before. So back before Jesus was here on earth, back before Holy Spirit was given to us and we all carry him that know Jesus personally, the presence of God was in the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was a wooden box that was made of pure gold. And the Levitical priests were the only ones that could get near it. If anybody else got near it, they would die. But the Levitical priests were the ones. They could get near it, and they were the ones that would carry the presence of the Lord wherever God was directing them to go. So the Israelites, they have no idea where they're going. They have no idea the direction. This is new territory for them, right? So all they have is what God has said. All they have is his presence saying, hey, take me that way. We're going this way. We're going into this new territory that I have for you. Just like the Israelites were following the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of the Lord, we are to follow the Holy Spirit in all the new territory that he has for us. It says, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. See, the Holy Spirit will lead us into new territory which you have never been before. But it's gonna take our listening to him. It's gonna take our paying attention to him. It's gonna take us saying yes to him no matter what direction he is calling us. So they start to move out and the Lord says to Joshua in Joshua 3.8, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan water, go and stand in the river. Step-by-step instructions God's giving. That's crazy. You know, he still does that today. He wants to give us instructions. He wants to lead us into new places, but it's gonna take us listening to him, and that's what they're doing. So it says in Joshua 3.14, so when the people broke up camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge and the water from upstream stopped flowing. Have you guys ever been around flood stage water? It's a little scary. You know, I grew up in LeGrand where it's nine months of the year, it's mostly winter. Like they have so much snow right now, it's ridiculous. And at the end of winter, what happens is it all melts and then it comes down into the Grand Ronde River, which flows right through LeGrand. So all growing up, we knew that the parks were probably gonna be flooded. Every year, we saw them be flooded. They would have to rebuild these parks over and over and over, it was ridiculous. But I remember as a kid being told, don't go anywhere near the edge of the water. Just stay away. They even built fences at this one park that's right in the middle of the city called Riverside Park. And it's like these fences are there because kids would still go near the water. And what happens is the flood was so thick that the, the, the sides of the bank, you could fall in if you got anywhere near it. And so we all knew if you got swept away, there might be no you coming back, right? That's dangerous stuff. But see, here's the thing. They're at the Jordan River and it's flood stage water. And what does God say to do? The most crazy thing. He says, hey, go put your foot in the water and while you're carrying my presence. 
So they've got this heavy box that they're carrying of God's presence, the ark, and they go and they put their foot in the water. I don't think that these people just blindly believed what God was saying. See, they had heard testimonies from their ancestors about what happened when God brought them out of Egypt. They had heard testimonies of this huge sea in front of them parting so that they could walk through. So they were standing on truth that they knew God could do it. If God had done it before, he can do it again, and it might not look exactly the same as it did before, but trust was built in the heart of these people because the testimony of what God had done before. This is one of the reasons why I felt the Lord say to tell this story this morning. Because I believe 2022 is gonna require us to have faith and trust in the Lord for whatever it is that he is calling us to. And we have to remember the testimonies of his goodness. You know, on New Year's Eve, I was thinking about how hard of a year it's been how much loss there's been, how much pain people I love have walked through, I have walked through. It's been really hard, and I'll tell you, even a couple weeks ago, I, I haven't felt a lot of hope for the future, and the Lord has been starting to restore that hope in me, and so I'm sitting on New Year's Eve getting ready to, you know, just hang out with some friends, and I, I was like, God, I'm, I don't, like all I can think about is just all these things that we've lost. And he's like, I want you to look back at your pictures for the year and I want you to remember all the things that I've done in your life. And so I posted on my Facebook and Instagram nine pictures of amazing things that God had done this year. And I thought, man, it's those testimonies that I need to remember as I face whatever it is that I'm walking into. Right, so often we get caught up in the negative and in the hard stuff that we've all, literally we've been walking through it. It's not like it didn't happen. But the enemy wants you to focus there and God's like, I am so much bigger than that. Look at all the things I've done. Remember those things as you walk forward in what I'm calling you to. We get to build a relationship with the Lord and trust him to move on our hearts and go in the direction that he has for us. He has things to tell us, and when I say tell us, it doesn't mean that I'm, like he's gonna verbally talk to you like I'm talking to you right now, but he might. But we gotta start paying attention to that inner voice that's in there. Holy Spirit is, he's talking with you. He is nudging you. He is giving you things that you can't think up yourself. And so often we just shut it away and go, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm saying this is the year where we start to move on those things that God's saying to us. This is the year that we start to see breakthrough in relationships because he's got new ways for you to go about it. I felt like there are broken relationships where you're, you've given up and you've said there's no way that that's gonna ever be mended. All right, this, this word might be fair for me. <laughs> I'm like, geez, why do you blast me with that right now? 
But for real though, I do believe that he's got new ways for us to go about relationships that we cannot even think about. Maybe you are struggling in your marriage. He's got new ways for you to go about it, but it takes you saying yes to him, listening to him and saying, okay, I'll go. That looks really hard. That looks like there's a giant in my way. I'm not sure I can get there. But I promise you, as you take his lead, these relationships are gonna be healed. The priests were obedient to the direction of the Lord, and as soon as his presence touched the floodwaters, the impossible happened, and the Israelites walked into the promised land on dry ground. How many of us have seen the waters part before us and we've been so scared to walk across because we're not sure what's on the other side? This is the year. We don't have to know everything that's happening ahead of us. All we need to know is what steps to take. He's got it. But we get to trust him and move forward in that. We're gonna jump to Joshua 4 and verse 15. All the Israelites, they've just walked through the Jordan River at this point and are standing in the the, um, promised land. And it says this, and then the Lord said to Joshua, command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant law to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, come up out of the Jordan. And the priests came up out of the rivers carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. His presence was the first thing to touch the flood waters and stop them. And his presence was the last thing to leave the the dry ground and bring the flood waters back. See, he was there the whole time. He was the one that led his people, ushered his people into the promised land. The people followed his lead and he came through for them just like he said he would. As I was preparing this message, I I was sitting with the Lord the other morning and he he just told me, he's like, I want you to write down what I'm gonna say. And I really believe that this is a word for us that are listening. I don't know that it's a word for the church as a whole, the big church, but for us, I really believe that this is something that God was saying to us. And I want us to take it seriously. It might be a little challenging, but I know he's in this. And so I just want you to close your eyes for a second as I read this to you. 2022, the Lord is moving us into new territory places where you have been waiting to go but never thought possible. He is guiding your steps and reminding us to keep our eyes on him as we enter this new year. Do not look to the right or to the left or you might get distracted. Keep your eyes on him and he will lead you. New territory is coming in relationships. New territory is coming in business ventures. Dreams that have been on your heart for years are starting to happen this year. Creativity is being birthed in you and you will see it grow as you step out as he leads. Over the past two years, your roots have grown stronger and gone deeper, preparing you and giving you the tools that you need to step into this new year. He will not waste anything you have walked through. He will use it all for his glory to bring testimony of his goodness out of your life. 
This new ground will not come in your own strength or wisdom. He wants to do the impossible for you, just as he has done it for the Israelites that day at the floodwaters of the Jordan River. Take the step of faith, no matter what stage the waters are at, because he is with you and will part ways for you to step onto dry ground and into the places that he's prepared for you to go. See, this is the anticipation and the excitement that I've been feeling. It's been bubbling up in me for a while, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to tell you. See, I'm not sure what 40 years in the desert looked like for the Israelites of that younger generation. They knew they were waiting. They knew that they were waiting to get to the promised land. So in that 40 years, I'm just gonna assume what was happening was these, this older generation started telling them the stories of God's goodness, started preparing their hearts for what they were gonna walk into as they saw the promised land. They were telling the ways that God had shown up for them and they were giving them tools that they needed in order to walk this out, whatever he was calling them to. 40 years seems like a really long time and had a, a lot of things had to have been imparted to that new generation. But I was thinking about the past two years and sometimes it's felt like 40 years. <laughs> right? It's been a little hard. And at times you just think, is this ever gonna end? It just keeps coming and coming. So much we have lost and let go of, but so much we have taken hold of and we've learned. For many of us in the midst of all that we've faced, knowing God and holding on to him for dear life is the one thing that we're taking out of the last two years. But our faith has grown and our trust in him is what's gonna lead us into this new year. We can trust his lead in our lives and we can remember the testimonies of his goodness and declare that he can do the impossible because he has done it before. So will you say yes? Will you be like that younger generation that took God at his word and believed what he was saying and said, I'm gonna go wherever you call me, I'll go. I really believe that here at Living Waters that we get to have a huge impact in this world if we would give God our yes. If we would take him at his word and we would move forward as he leads, even if floodwaters are ahead. I'm gonna go back just a little to Joshua 4.12. It says, the men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over ready for battle in front of the Israelites as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord of the plains of the uh, Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. The Israelites saw the hand of God stop the floodwaters and had them walk across on dry ground. But as soon as they got to the land they were promised, they were ready for war. See, these people were not naive in thinking that it was just gonna be easy and that they, they don't have to worry about anything once they stepped onto the promised land. See, they were ready to go. The things that their parents had taught them, the things that God was speaking to them, they were ready. They had their armor and they were leading the charge. As we follow the Lord and say yes to him, it doesn't mean that everything is gonna go our way, even though we really wish it would. 
right? It doesn't mean that it's gonna be super easy and that things are not gonna be hard. As followers of Christ, we are in a spiritual battle. We may not be going to war, but oftentimes the war is in our thought life and our belief system. Oftentimes, we have to tell the spirit of fear where to go. And oftentimes, we have to talk to the Lord and get what he's saying, even when what we're facing doesn't look like that. And we have to declare it. And we have to move forward, even when it looks super hard. See, our war looks a little different than the war the Israelites were battling. But if we're not ready, he's going to take us out. The enemy does not like you walking into the promised land. He does not want you to take authority in those places that God has given you. So he is gonna try and get in there as soon as you say yes and move forward. So what do we do? We get ready and we trust the Lord and we believe what he's saying and we, we gear up what he's saying. We say, I, I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna believe what you're saying and I'm gonna declare those things even when what I'm facing doesn't look right. See, their first battle the Israelites faced was the walls of Jericho. And as I was writing this, I just remember the song of walking around the walls of Jericho. Remember as a kid in Sunday school, right? And as a kid, that seems natural. Like you're like, yeah, they walked around the walls of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Okay, that seems completely crazy. Like, that's how God wanted them to go at this war, was, hey, you and all your people are gonna walk around this city seven times. And so can you imagine what the people in the city were doing? They had to have been making fun of them. Like, do you really think you going around the city, walking around the city is gonna do something? Like, no way. But on the seventh time that they walked around it, the trumpets blasted and the people shouted and the walls came falling down and they were able to go in and conquer that city. As we walk into 2022, we are to keep our eyes on the Lord and connected our hearts to him. The enemy of our souls wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but the Lord has already planned a way for us to go. See, and his ways are not like our ways. There's no way that I would have ever thought to walk around a city and shout and walls come down. Nobody thought of that. Okay? So when you hear that, whatever that is that God's saying to you, I would just say, you should probably go do it. And people may make fun of you, and that's part of the battle. People may think that you're ridiculous, and did you really hear God? That seems absurd. That's part of the battle. Don't let that stop you. I think so often we have heard so much from people and others' opinions that we haven't actually stepped into the fullness of what God has for us. We have let that be more of an influence in our lives than what he's saying to us. And I want us to be the younger generation of the Israelites instead of the older ones because they missed out. And the younger ones, they were the ones that got to see this land flowing with milk and honey. Follow his lead. He is trustworthy, I promise you. I'm going to um, end with a blessing from Jan's book, Hope and Joy, Blessings of Hope and Joy. And I just want you guys to stand, because I just want us to, to think about this. I want us to connect with this. I want you to posture yourself in whatever way it is to receive this blessing. 
It's funny when I, when I prepare messages and the Lord says, hey, read about Joshua and Caleb, and I'm like, okay. And so, I, you know, I do, and then it's like, whoa. Like, what he has for us is so good. But then the other morning, I was looking at, I have all of Jan's books sitting in my bookshelf, and I heard the Lord say, I have a blessing for Sunday, and I just skipped by it. I don't know why I did that, but this morning, it was last night, the Lord was like, I told you, I have a blessing. And so I went through all the books, like, which one, which one? And then I opened to this one, and it's the blessing of your promised land. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you do. Okay, that's so good. And there's just one line in here, and then I'm going to read this blessing, but it says, God promised you a land flowing with abundance. He did not promise, or he did not promise you it would be giant-free. So just be ready to receive this. Close your eyes or put out your arms, whatever you want to do. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I bless your spirit with belief. I bless you with clear direction from God and the willingness to take risk, stepping out in obedience to his word and advancing. When the enemy of your soul is too big and you are at a disadvantage, when you feel restricted by economy or health, when you are lack training, when you feel less capable than others, when you are feel, fearful to a point of panic, don't stay in the wilderness any longer. Believe God's promise. When God commissions you to do something bigger than yourself, something far greater than your abilities and giftings, something way beyond your wisdom and discernment, may you agree with God. Declare that he is big enough. Exchange all of your abilities for his. Receive his help. Take him at his word. Take hold of his promise. When the enemy opposes you and stands between you and your promise, declare God's higher reality. With the breath of his word, he draws from the invisible realm and creates visible worlds. What he has promised is already yours, reserved for you in heaven. What he has asked of you, he will confirm and perform and reveal on earth. I bless you with belief and obedience. You can trust what God tells you to do, no matter how impossible. Make this your declaration. God, you are pleased to give me this exceedingly good land, a land filled with abundance. I am fully able to overtake my enemies. Lord, you are with me. You are on my side. I do, I do not have to be afraid. Where God has called you to this journey, he has anointed you to overcome. He is the one who gave you the promise. He is more passionate about you receiving your promise than you are. If you are stretched beyond your limitations and have lost your self-confidence, then you are now dependent on God and already experiencing breakthrough. I bless you with exponential increase in your belief that God is true to his word. I bless you with continued acquisition of your promised land at every step you take. I bless you with abundance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's go take on 2022.